Hello and welcome to Idiotcast. You are listening to the episode for Cluster F, Season 8, Episode 21, The Great Escapist, and Season 8, Episode 22, Clip Show. some personal issues this week so we're gonna uh have her on break and instead we've got a couple of guests in for us uh we have jason hey what's going on and we also have nutty hey everyone Hello. thanks for having me welcome back everybody yay and uh we've got a we've got a cluster of two episodes to cover before we uh we hit the finale next week Yes. Yes, which I accidentally already watched. So I am an expert too. Vet, don't spoil anyone. <laughs> I'm going to try very hard because I watched all three of them like in a row. At the same and, time. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm like going back and trying to like read through things so I don't get confused. Yeah. Hopefully. Especially because I, I think Clip Show kind of ends where you, you're like, all right, what's next? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. totally does. And I was like, when I was watching it, I was like, ooh, I can't wait to see what's going on now. And I just like plowed <laughs> right on through. And you didn't yeah. wait. Yeah, it's a little yeah, like but see, mm-hmm. But it ended in the best way. It ended with with Crowley monologuing, and it's awesome. <laughs> Luckily, um, that's when the really granular summaries on Supernatural Wiki come in handy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because then you can sort of read up to what exact breath and moment was like happening in that episode. <laughs> You're like, oh, so this part didn't happen yet. Uh, so I don't know if our, our, our guests have uh, have uh, grabbed uh, the cluster outline uh, for themselves in terms of not recently our cluster method, but uh, it's, it's you know it's it's pretty basic. We'll announce what we're doing, and you can join in. Oh, the method? Yeah, yeah, we got that. Oh, yeah, We've yeah, done these yeah, before. Yeah. I think my first episode was a cluster. Yeah, I think it might have been. They're the best. Yeah. All right, well, so we're, we're starting with 821, The Great Escapist, which is, which one Which one is that event? That's the one where we meet the Scribe of God, a.k.a. Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. Yes! <laughs> I love you for identifying, and identifying him as thus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's the only point of reference i, I feel like i would have gone herbert viola personally but i'm a huge moonlighting fan so i was gonna say the guy from moonlighting yeah but even when he was in moonlighting he was booger yeah i i remember when i first watched this season and it got to this episode and i'm literally running around my living room going oh my god it's booger <laughs> and yeah that i don't even like too. that I was movie. like booger 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 oh that movie's <laughs> very that, um, at what oh, point one of you awful. One of the newbies was referencing Revenge of the Nerds. 
some at some point this season. I think it has come up. I don't, I don't remember whether it's a newbie or not, but I think it did come up at some point. As being yeah, it, it came up in discussion at least once. I was like, well. And you just had to bite your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a booger. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that actor in so many things, and every time I see him, he's just booger. And yeah, and I'll just and I'll just say like he's fantastic as Metatron. Like he is absolutely yeah. great. So yeah, good. what do you guys think of his character so far? I think he feels he feels like directly related, and not not in an accidental way. I'm sure it feels directly related to Chuck. Mm-hmm. Oh. He was my. He was my high point for this episode, like 100%. I thought the casting was really good. I thought he did a really good job, and I was really excited to see where the character went. So I'm curious, the opening sequence, uh, did anyone pick off that it wasn't Sam and Dean? Immediately. <laughs> I was like, because, oh, there's no way it's them. Like, this is going to, like, weirdly smooth. Something well, is yeah. up. And also, Sam, they were too happy. Like, Sam and Dean are never that happy. <laughs> Yeah, even, a little when bit there's pie, even when there's pie and a good burger involved, Dean is never that happy. <laughs> yeah. I I I love the whole I was born to direct bit. <laughs> I was confused by what like I was like, okay, so clearly this isn't real, but like what's going on? And then it still took me a while to get it, even after we saw that it was like the houseboat thing was like an illusion or whatever. I was still like, hmm, what is going on here? So I've been watching season two of Dirk Gently and Osric Chow, who plays uh, Kevin, has more of a major role in season two than he did in season one. And I'm enjoying him so much. So it was weird to come back to Kevin Tran. <laughs> I saw some of the first season and uh, unfortunately... It's Netflix. Netflix. It is Netflix? Yep. Wow. Okay. I'll have to get back to it then for sure because I thought I dropped off for some reason because of uh, a network issue. But yeah. No, he, it's, um, it's Netflix and uh, he's one of the rowdy three. He also, um, he was also working as a fan with a group of people to actually get a live action Akira done and he was actually going to play Kanida in the, the live action like they put out a teaser and everything with him and the jacket and everything yeah he's he's pretty cool there's a really great supernatural uh, spoof that came out this season and I can't wait for everybody to see it but you can't watch it yet I'm pretty sure I can't watch that there's some things of like, oh, they're going to love that because they've seen that. Oh, they can't see that because they haven't met that person yet. <laughs> yeah. I completely I completely forgot that we got some more Abaddon in these two episodes. I I was very happy to see her return. Oh, yeah. me too. For sure. Yep. Does she come back in this one or she comes back in the next one? The, it's the next one. Next one. Next yeah. one. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because I well, had yeah, my let's... high point for clip show. Yeah. We should probably mm -hmm. start to hit our, our official high points for this episode. Uh, I know we've covered yeah. a little bit. Booger. So if that says, uh, is that your high point is Burgertron? Yeah. Burgertron. A hundred percent. One of my high points is um, how... The, the little conversation between Crowley and one of the the, the stagehands there about how uh, if 
if Crowley wasn't directing, he would have made a great Dean. And there's just like back and forth with, oh, you'd make a great Dean. I would. I'd really capture him. <laughs> I don't know why. It just cracks me up. <laughs> I think because Crowley's just a little bit in love. He's on Team Dean. <laughs> oh, one of my high points was just um, the reveal of uh, when Crowley is asking Kevin, like, how'd you figure it out? <laughs> it's like well and it boils down to the fact that the actors were just too kind <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good yeah they weren't grumpy enough I love how confident uh, Kevin was in that scene because mm-hmm. you normally don't get to see him that way I mean and we also got to see him like at his lowest low uh, when you, you see the video of when he th- you know the, the, yeah. the dead man switch video and then you get to see him like lording it over Crowley. I thought that was awesome. Mm-hmm. My personal yeah. high point is the is the hiding in sameness concept. Uh, the, mm-hmm. They called quantum superposition. I, I know that this show is not the first place. I'm sure it's been mentioned lots and lots of places about the relative sameness of modern commercial culture. But I really liked that uh, that excuse for how he was able to hide from them for so long from being in one of many. Uh, Biggersons that are all exactly the Biggersons. This one scene is why I got excited when Biggersons was first introduced to you guys. I kind of thought it might be. <laughs> so Biggersons becomes important eventually, and then when this one came, I was like, "This is probably why Biggersons is important." <laughs> it's the in-universe fast food chain. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's an Applebee's and a Fridays and a McDonald's all rolled into one. See, I I get Denny's from it. Oh, see, I grew up without Denny's, so I don't really. Yeah, I've never actually been in a Denny's, but what? this is the this is the vibe that I get from that. I've, I've been great. in a Denny's. Oh my god! Use the washroom, dude. I've y'all like, come the... on down. We'll go to Denny's. Jeez. Uh, like, well, no, I mean, no, no, we no. have them around here. I've just <laughs> never been in one. No, you got to go to the Denny's in Canada because, like, the Denny's I went to in Canada had a bar in it. So you literally. In the States, we you know, you get out of the club, you go to IHOP or Denny's and get something to eat. <laughs> but in Canada, you can get out of the club, go to Denny's and get another Jack and Coke. And it's great. So, yeah, but they can't they can't serve alcohol after two, so in New Orleans, you can order alcohol pretty much anywhere. You can totally get a drink at Denny's here. And we never stop serving. So just Isn't isn't New Orleans one of those places where you like you're legally allowed to drink on the street? Yep. Yeah, you can drink on the yeah. street every case and like bars don't close at all. And literally everywhere serves alcohol. Like everywhere. Like children use alcohol at them. Yeah. Right. Um my high point for this episode, I will definitely have to say it, it's, it's got to be that exchange with Metatron between the brothers and him when Sam tells him he's like, So you've been hiding out in this library in, in this in this hotel room reading books while the world goes to crap and you could have helped like you're the scribe of God. Why are you hiding? And which leads to him rescuing Kevin and Crowley getting tossed about. And and it's a really good, powerful scene because it's, you know, Metatron kind of like, well, crap, he's got a point. I just really like that exchange. And it was a good way to finish out the episode. This episode to me is the one where the PCs are given a side quest so they can pick up an NPC to help them finish their quest. What? 
I don't know what that means. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it was a it was a gaming reference. So okay. in, in a in a tabletop game, you would uh you know your characters are headed towards a main uh, goal, and then suddenly you're like, oh, go do this other thing, and they're like, why am I doing this thing? Oh, because I need this non-player character to help me accomplish what I need. Ah, okay. Yeah, that is not even close to what I was thinking. <laughs> it's really funny, the two reactions. Jason just loses it. Bianca's like, what the heck is going on? Well, because immediately I was thinking, like, POC, but then I was like, well, Kevin's the only one. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what this is about. Dean, uh, not Dean, but Sam rolled a 10 on his, uh, he rolled a nat 20 on his, uh, on his uh, intimidate check against uh, Metatron there. Yeah. See, yeah. I understand that one. Yeah. <laughs> it, it Darcy, is both did you I have mean. a high point? I just kind of liked how um, just like so much happened this episode. It was like, oh, this, and now this. Oh, and look, here we are. I just, I, I like Yeah. So are we on to low points? I believe we may be. Does anybody feel like there's anything else they want to cover on high points? Um... No, what? I don't think so. All right, so we can hit the low points. I know that Darcy and I are matched, so I may as well bring up mine uh, right away. Yeah. Uh, I did not enjoy at all uh, Crowley rooting around in Castiel's gut wound. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, eh, we don't need to do that. Yeah. A little bit grody. I mean, yes, yeah. As, on, the, on the grand scheme of things, it's probably not a major low point, but I can't really, I didn't have a, a big problem with the episode as a whole, so. Uh. Well, what about Castiel rooting around there for a bullet? That's all right. It's not as, it's not as visceral as, like, taking out something the size of a hardcover book. This <laughs> is true. Like, someone's in the midsection. You're right, that was nasty. <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would, I would have to say my low point would be Castiel's torture. Like, I don't like seeing Castiel like that. He's so nice. Like, I don't, I don't like seeing Castiel messed up. <laughs> I, I, I remember, I remember Leviathan. I remember him being God and all judgmental. I'm, I'm not so bothered. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, uh, my low, one of my low points is more nitpicky i guess um i hated the cgi on the eyeballs of the server at biggerson's and she's (laughs) telling Cass like you have to stop like it's so clearly two like green eye patches or something she's wearing so they can put the effect (laughs) on her face (laughs) i get it but this is terrible they didn't go too bad, but I guess my low point would be the whole Native Americans are magical and oh, yeah. nonsense that it felt very, very X-Files to me. Um, but it, it's, <laughs> it's something that it shows up so often, often. in spec fic and it's just like, oh, I don't know. You know? Really, yeah, I don't know if it really has come up a lot. Uh, the, the other main uh, mystical mystical Indian I can think of in Supernatural, if you want to go that way with the terminology, is uh, in Bugs. Way back. Uh, yeah. You're, you're forgetting <laughs> cacao, Paul. Oh, yeah. Oh, I oh cacao. <laughs> But, I mean, it's it's a trope that you see all over spec fic, and it's just... 
like lazy. Yeah, and, and yeah, it is lazy. Even though they didn't seem they didn't push it too much in this episode, it's pretty offensive when you realize, oh, this entire tribe has built themselves up around a Judeo Christian <laughs> religious figure. Oh my god. Yeah. Great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, really? Really, guys? Okay. That's a Kim Manners one, isn't it? <laughs> And look, we're many, many years away from something like Moana coming out, okay? Like, we're, we're many, many years away. Are, are we closer to uh, something as horrible as Pocahontas coming out? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry, I had to mention that because... These uh, episodes are 2013. May 2013 yeah. is this episode. When is Moana? 2015? 16? So that sounds about right. 16. 16. Yeah, 16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I took my little cousins to the Natural History Museum earlier this year, and there was a toddler running through. We were in, like, the Oceana Wing, and this little teeny white baby was like, Daddy, it's like Moana! (laughs) Oh, context! I love it. (laughs) Yeah, so we are closer to Moana than Pocahontas in 2013, so come on. Well, I mean, I guess they didn't know how to research... No, no. The, the internet was they still had around a Google machine. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. I guess the writers were white. Libraries were still around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's, that's it's, a very this is a yeah. ben, this is a Ben Edlund episode, but yeah. uh, but that was definitely you know one of those easy tropes to pick up. Yeah. It's it's a pet peeve of mine, so I have to bring it up. No, it's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just glad we didn't have anybody talking, you know, bad stereotype Indian, you know, there was no how or any of that. (laughs) Yeah, there's some, there's some semi-problematic stuff coming up in the, in the show that Fox and I are doing for our YouTube channel. It's, uh, in fact, they're, they're in one early episode of the, of the show, they, there's a character that says that they're part, uh, I think Seneca Indian. And then when it comes time to actually have the Indian episode, they they, they um, make up a name of a tribe and say, that, "Oh no, no, uh, she's part of this other one." What okay. show? What show is it? It's Wonderfalls. Ah. Uh, yeah, I think, hmm. I think uh, the character originally says that she's she's part Seneca, and then uh, when they actually do the episode about about the uh, Native American culture, it was actually the Satsuma tribe. Oh jeez. Well, that's talking point. No, talking point. My goodness. Hey, you know, wow. I don't think I actually asked anybody to provide feedback, but it's a good thing we have a couple of good fans on on the show. <laughs> I don't think I put out. Yeah, I was actually. We kind of we kind of rolled into this one. No. Semi last minute. I mean, we talked about doing. Well, uh, maybe you can put it on like the page now and just yeah. add it in. Yeah. I can definitely do that. I'll, I'll, I'll predict uh, Simone uh, getting upset about them hurting Castiel. Yeah, yeah I was just going <laughs> to say. As, as you should. Mm-hmm. And Agreed, now, Simone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now some edited in comments from Simone. And Simone says, my feedback was going to be, say hello to Metatron. Who would have thunk that this one tiny reference earlier in the season would lead to this? Winking smiley. Thank you, Simone. Did he have any more low points? Yeah, Jason, did you have a low point? 
my my low point was 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 hurting the Castiel. Oh, that's like, right. I, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, we I have an opportunity it. for quotes. In theory, that oh, was yeah. supposed to fall ahead of the uh, the feedback, but that, that that doesn't necessarily matter. Um. Yeah. yeah. One of one of our guests. You want to go first? Uh, I I said mine. I was born to direct. <laughs> Jason, do you have do you have a favorite quote? Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to see. There was one. It was the it was the line that um yeah it was the line that Metatron says to the brothers when he's telling them how amazed he was about uh, humanity writing. He goes. What you guys brought to his earth, all the mayhem, the murder, just the raw, wild invention of God's naked apes. It was mind-blowing. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're such a douche. And his, his delivery really sells <laughs> his lines. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. Like, I've got, I've got, actually, I've got two quotes for the next episode. One from him and the other from Crowley. Well, my quote, I've got uh, Sam saying, what kind of angel are you? We're the freaking Winchesters. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Which is just to show all the all those all those uh, texts that uh, Metatron had. He didn't actually have the supernatural novels, clearly. I know that was really funny. I was expecting him to go. Wait, I think I read a book about you guys. <laughs> well, he well, said he, he was really behind on his reading. Like he could still be in like the 1500s or something. Yeah, he, well, and if you notice, he was reading things like Oliver Twist. Yeah, uh, he he was not picking up pulp. Also, he had um, actual physical printed material. And in Pac-Man Fever, I think when, um, oh my God, what's her name? Charlie shows up. Right, they're they're all online now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Sam was like, didn't we get rid of all those? And she's like, they're online. So if Metatron is a purist and is only reading books, then he might not have come across those. They're only in he needs to get a Kindle, clearly. <laughs> yeah, or look at some audiobooks or something. Like, yeah, you gotta you gotta step out of that. You gotta step out of that little your closet, so to speak. Yeah, go mm-hmm. go for a walk with an audiobook in your ear. Yeah. Well, I guess we're up to who won, who lost this episode. That's a hard one. Uh, I- I chose, yeah. I chose Kevin winning personally. Uh, yeah, oh, you read my mind. Is a clear winner. Yeah, Kevin won. Which I, I mean, in terms of our, yeah. our that is a neither. I think that's fair, though. It really I I can agree on that because what else? I mean, just from his do? just from his confrontation with Crowley at the end, where he's he's like Nutty said, he's being so confident because he's like, yeah, gotcha, and it, he he wins, and the brothers neither win. Yeah. Well, I mean, while Sam did find Metatron, I mean, he was pretty much losing the entire episode. Yeah. Yeah, he's like sick and like hallucinating. Yeah. Yes. Since Sam started doing these trials, I feel like he's been losing. <laughs> like, I just. Especially that one like moment of clarity that he has when he was so young and he was reading about these knights going on quests and he, and he said, realized at that age that he could never do that because he wasn't pure. Yeah. yeah. Like that's interesting to bring that in right then. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a deep cut. And, and it's, 
it's kind of, I like when they kind of go back to, oh yeah, remember Sam had demon blood? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we start uh, kicking off some ratings? Indeed. Um, I'll go ahead and go first since I'm bringing it up, but uh, you know, I'm hosting, so that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to give it uh, 8 out of 10 farty donkeys. (laughs) <laughs> I, uh, I, I kind of felt like most of the season has been walking in place really i mean i know that they've had these tablets and some things happening but uh, really it, this episode was really cracking along as darcy said in our high point it was really there's a this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened i, I know that's leading into a finale but uh, I, I really appreciated that so i give it eight out of t- eight out of ten um, I am with you, Paul. I really enjoyed it. I, I liked that it had a nice brisk clip about it, and I was excited to get to the next episode. So, 8 out of 10 boogers. Yeah, I'm going to second all of that. Or, I guess, I suppose third all of that, because um, I also gave it 8 out of 10 boogers for all of the reasons you both described. <laughs> Mm. Saturn, right? No, just to <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I love that car. We didn't. What? Well, it blew up on us. Well, yeah, we love. We oh. cracked the block or cracked the head or something. It just does that. Mm. Kind of... No, none of mine. But that's okay. I I swear they were built for me. Um, well, not for, for Paul. Not for Paul. Yeah, we've got three of them, and the two of them we've had either a cracked head or a cracked block. We're not sure which it was because we kind of right. wow them <laughs> sold them off. The well, one, no, the, the second. Mine, I got the engine replaced. Yeah, your engine got replaced early. Yeah. But when you when you had just gotten it used, but uh, yeah, my uh, my my second one, I guess we sold on knowing that it was something. Well, we told the yeah, guy. Told you the know guy. what? Actually, you know what? I know what it is. You guys are too far north. Saturn's my Saturn was wonderful and it only started having niggling issues when I moved to Canada and specifically when I moved to Ontario it was like yeah Saturns are not designed for the northern states and for Canada except for it doesn't have the starter's not working right and now I, but. I know and I always Also, I could put a vintage plate on it. Also, I could put a vintage plate on it. That's right. It's going to say mom's ride. Yeah. Okay. I think we're so. It might be moving on before the kids can have it. On that note, uh, (laughs) I'm going to give this episode 7.5 dedicated demonic directors. (laughs) Such alliteration. I, I had to go with alliteration. Um, Jason. I would have, I would have, if I had to watch this episode by itself, I would have probably given it a much higher rating. But because the next episode I feel was so much better, uh, just because it just has a <laughs> lot of action in it, a lot of stuff going on, even more so than this one, I have to give this a seven angry Naomi's out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> That gives this episode a 7.58. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. 
And by the way, Paul, uh, apparently the Satsuma tribe is a real thing, but they're from Alabama. Really? I, yeah. I, far, I, I, I did a little bit of research, and I, as far as I could tell, Satsuma was just another name for a Mandarin orange. But okay. Yeah. No, I'll uh, I'll 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 send you their website. But uh, yeah, it's uh, and how did closing the window? Oh, this is pretty wild. Sorry, I just closed the window for the website. And it took me to Amazon so that I could buy the book Trail of Tears, wow. <laughs> Rise and Fall of the Cherokee Nation. <laughs> that is some uh, interesting coding there. All right. I'll send you the link, Paul. <laughs> Hashtag algorithm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, have we achieved everyone's ratings? Yes, we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're ready. So. Clip think, show. I think we're ready to move into 822 Clip Show, which is which one? That's the one with the 1950s exorcism videos and the return of Abaddon. And probably the best, some of the best villainy from Crowley to date. Oh, for sure. Like, it is fantastic. Like, it it shows just how manipulative and how on top of things he really can be when you push his buttons. Like, oh, we get some grade A Crowley in this episode. I liked the response that we had. One of my high points was when um, Abaddon like heard that Crowley was the king of hell. She's like, wait, that salesman. I was like, oh, <laughs> I need to know more about this. What was yes. their relationship like? <laughs> I need this backstory. I love Abaddon. <laughs> oh, Abaddon is my high point. <laughs> also, just a nice reminder of like, he wasn't always the king of hell. Yeah. When we knew him, right? He wasn't. He no, got he's up there. He was a crossroads demon, I think, when we met him first, right? Yeah, I can't remember when that change happens. When he got his promotion. Uh, yeah, he gets his promotion after Lucifer gets locked in the cage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and later on, uh, we hear, you know, son of a son of a bitch, uh, which actually. <laughs> Yeah, my, my, my high point that I that I listed was the uh, the, mytholo- the methodology of hitting the title uh, clip show. Although it, yes. did, uh, it did sour a bit near the end, uh, just uh, you know, just discovering just how bad that is. So, were you guys expecting like a traditional clip show? I was trying to figure out how they might work one in, and then mm. after after the first one happened, and then not, then no, no more happened for a while. I was like, okay, well, it's gonna be something a little different then. But but yeah, I. I- abhor clip shows (laughs) (laughs) i have quit watching shows after they've done clip shows um the last episode of castle i ever watched was a clip show and i was like i'm done i'm done you do not respect me um (laughs) uh, yeah yeah i hate clip shows and uh i think after the castle uh the, the tng clip show is like the worst because there were only two seasons in Writer's strike, I know, but whatever. Um, I hate clip shows, so when I first saw that this episode was coming up, when I first watched was watching, I was like, I am not watching that. I am not watching a supernatural clip show. And then I was pleasantly surprised that it was not a clip show. Did, did you ever watch So wait. Oh. Sorry, I, I, maybe I'm missing it. Why? What's the reasoning for calling this episode clip show? Oh, so a clip show is when a instead of airing a regular episode, it's 
uh, in, a, in a like, TV show. It's like, yeah. remember that time? And then it goes and to just clips from it. various. Yeah. But what's uh, the justification for calling this episode clip show? Because we're going back to the survivors. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> yeah. I think it's because. Oh, of, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I must say, I think it's because of Crowley's, uh, his, his leverage that he exacts on the brothers. Yeah. Which yeah, I thought was kind of cool. One. Seeing the old people. Yeah, yeah. So when the the opening scene from the Wendigo is mm-hmm. from season one, episode two. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, so was, far back. And and they were in Lost Creek, and I was like, Lost Creek sounds really familiar. And I was talking to Darcy about it while the episode was on, and then I was like, Oh yeah, Lost Creek was the was the second episode. And then I figured right. out who the guy was when they showed the scenes, but. Uh, by the way, that was one savage way to off that guy. Like, and how did this get put on TV? Because like, uh, that, CW. Yeah, but that's it's still, not it's not a real network. It it gets to slide. I was like, that was super graphic. Like his head explodes, and then they show the decapitated body. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the CW in the in the rough. 2000s. Well, we had a we had a tablet pulled out of someone's yeah. abdomen the episode before. Yeah, Supernatural has always been a lot bloodier than I expected. Like, all the way from back in first in season one, I thought it was a lot. There were, like, pools of blood and stuff like that. I mean, you know, not, not too much longer, not too much sooner before, there was, uh, you know, someone having their, their, several people having their throat slit on Buffy, and there was, like, a drop or two of blood coming out of their neck at the time. Yeah, and I felt so guilty a couple times when you're like, oh, Fox is going to watch this one with us. And I'm like, there's no blood. (laughs) And I just totally forget, like, oh, the opening scene. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I've been like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, We're still on high points, I think. Uh, Other high points, yeah. um, Um, (laughs) Abaddon's manicure. I like that it was. Well, she's like I'm. I'm saying specifically this because we've already had Abaddon on our on our list of review. But I loved her, just like her styling before, anyway, and um, the fact that her hands are removed and there's that whole little sequence with her hands coming out of the box she and like do the thing impression. Yeah, yeah, you really get to look at how cool her manicure is. Yes, so, and yeah. I think she wins this episode because the boys clearly lose in the sense that they were so stupid that they knew they should keep her hands uh, separated, but they didn't lock the box. No, they lose because they were dumb enough to re-put her together. Like, what are you doing? What dum-dums. I'm sorry. It invades into my low point, but I'll go ahead and give it right now anyway. you, You gotta cure a demon. You can pick any demon just grab a crossroads demon and try to cure the crossroads demon, whatever. Yeah. Some random rando demon. Yeah. Well, let's put together one of the most powerful demons we've ever met. Yeah. Yes, yeah. An immortal yeah. an immortal demon, not at that. Like she is the remaining knight of hell. Like, come yeah. on, guys. A time traveling immortal yes. demon. And it, <laughs> it is a little weird how they arrived at that because like they could have the writers could have justified her return of like Oh, we need this information about 
this old priest or like we need information about blah 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 the only way you can get it is by interrogating Abaddon you know exactly by questioning Abaddon and like so yeah, but I instead don't know it just why. makes them into total dum-dums that yeah. are like oh, I'm just gonna bring her back why not I don't know why I think I was a little more disappointed uh for some reason I had like a memory of that the assistant priest had been that the demon had gone into him and then it was too. a whole setup. And I'm like, why did I think that? That's not what happened. I mean, it's just such a trope, I guess. Yeah. And I was waiting for it to happen. I'm like, stop giving him all this information. Hey, but it's okay because you got a super, super trope with in that same scene where Sam's like, yeah, so do you guys, <clears throat> oh no, there's blood on my hand. That means I'm dying. <laughs> like, come I've on, guys. Blood. Like, just like if you if you strain your brain too much, you get a nosebleed. Yeah, like it is one of the oldest tropes in the book. Like I, I kudos to uh, the styling of the assistant priest. Uh, them trying to make him look like a young Gabriel Byrne, uh, which reminded me of Stigmata. Which um, it can't have been a coincidence that mm-hmm. that he looked like that because he really looked like Gabriel Byrne in that. And yeah. Which is uh, Stigmata is an exorcism movie, so there's obviously like a big tie. And I, I'm not on Supernatural Wiki, but I would not be surprised if they said, "Oh yeah, they were referencing that." <laughs> uh, Do we have other high points, Darcy? Well, it was just the <laughs> Well, I have another thing to bring up. Um, we get uh, Metatron and Cast. Having lunch together. Oh, yeah. I forgot how yeah. about that. A whole lot of stuff. We learn a whole lot of stuff that you're like, oh, I better stop painting my nails and actually pay attention because this seems like <laughs> it's going to be important. Like, you know, there's some meaty information there. For no true words were ever said. <laughs> season arc, right? Right. And that's, dude, that is a. Uh... That that whole scene is great because uh, one of my, one of my favorite lines from the episode is from Metatron here because the wait the waitress comes up and he um he's uh, ca- uh, uh, Castiel's talking to her and she says cute and funny and and Bookertron goes huh should have picked a better looking vessel <laughs> which by the way I have yeah. to say I don't think that Misha collins is attractive i mean he's not unattractive he's just he's another like guy he's average it's castiel that's cute and i don't maybe i'm just (laughs) broken but i'm like okay see i think he's more charming when he's not in his like morose chap lip cast costume well that mm, you give me some jimmy and i'm happy (laughs) have you hey nutty have you watched any of the recent supernatural uh, no, I, talk about that. Uh, I what is no. on Netflix? Yeah, well, after this, I'll 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 tell you to yeah, go. Yeah, sh- sh- no chicken. All right, <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, so they have a really cool conversation yeah. about uh instructions about locking angels into heaven, and mm-hmm. that Cass is a warrior, and there are trials that Cass is going to go through, and. Then the whole objective of their lunch turns out to be to kill the server. Yeah. Yeah. Who's a Nephilim, who's like another. So the server, when she was flirting with 
cast knew that he was an angel. Yeah, because she said they yeah. their halos. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's like, by the way, that was that's a savage line from Metatron when he's like, Well, why do you think we came here? I brought you to the first trial. Cut her heart out. <laughs> and Cass just like, wait, what? Yeah. It's, and he just he's so flippant about it. Like he's just eating a crepe. Just just yeah, man. That's that's what you gotta do, fam. Like handle your business. <laughs> yeah. So wait, do we think that Cass knew what those beings were before this conversation? Well, like, he seems super surprised. Like he even says, like, that's that's against the rules. That's impossible. And he goes, Well, there's only one on earth, and you're looking at her. Yeah. It yeah. seems weird that there would only be one of those if all it has to be is like an angel banging it out with a human. Like, it seems like it would have happened. Well, all the angels that we've met so far, with the exception of Cass, and honestly, sometimes um, they're all like kooks. They're all like <laughs> very intense, weird people. Yeah, they range from they range from what fanatical, obsessed to to like Cass, who's just kind of ignorant of everything. Yeah, yeah. you gotta. You gotta be like a real interesting human to want to like do it with an angel like that. That's like some TLC reality TV stuff right there. Now, is it, <laughs> uh, just out of curiosity, and I don't know if it, know if anybody knows for sure, but is it written for the show that that that, that term means a uh, human angel hybrid, or is that something that's like that's the uh, that's what definitely I've always said. I'm actually that's, looking it up right now. Yeah, I call Google. I think that's Don't what Nephilim always means. Um, yeah, because got it wrong. It is indeed what it always means. Mm. Yeah, because oh, yeah. King Solomon, Queen of Sheba. I mean, okay. I take all my angelic lore from Diablo three uh, because you know <laughs> the the main character is a Nephilim. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those terms that I've always heard in 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 you know, Judeo-Christian mythology. I mean, you know, seriously, mythology, like you know, people writing books about things, and I've never really been clear on what it meant. meant. Yeah, isn't yeah. there a band that's like Fields yes. of the Nephilim? That's, that's okay, the, that's what that's that's the other place that I've heard it the most often. I was like, I don't know what it means. I guess it's kind of badass sound of a sounding name. Uh, for all I know, that's yeah. probably a band thought too. <laughs> It sounds like, like, I'm not, I'm just looking at you because you're in the room and I'm having a conversation with people on the internet and I can't see them, but I can see you. Paul, didn't you know that Darcy and I knew each other before this podcast because we secretly run a heavy metal music blog? Yeah. <laughs> Called the Nephilim Chorus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool name. <laughs> uh, but seriously, like I like honestly, like I'd heard it a bunch of times, but never really looked into it. And honestly, Diablo three, man, like it's a big deal in Diablo three that you're a Nephilim. Like it's a super big deal. Yeah, and you're always called an abomination. Maybe the writers were into that game at the time. As they should be. Diablo three is great. <laughs> So I know, like I said, I, knew, I noticed the last one was a Ben Edlund, but I didn't notice uh, on this well, one. Andrew Dabb was the writer for this episode. I know he's done a bunch, but I don't know what, what he specializes yeah. in. <laughs> Low points? 
I already hit mine with the uh, the you know you can, oh. uh, gotta cure a demon, pick one. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Back to high points, by the way. I love the fight scene with the Nephilim. Because she's very convincing, and then all of a sudden she's like, I could see your halos. <laughs> and yeah, she's awesome. And she's a savage. She almost yeah. takes them both out. Like, how does, like, Castiel's a warrior angel, and Metatron's the scribe of God. You're yeah, getting punk. Clearly, I wish we had more time to go into Nephilim, but in, in this mythology, but clearly in this world, Nephilim are stronger than angels. Yeah, she's oh, yeah. wrecking these fools. Like The fact that she can see who's an angel is they, gives her one up on angels. And they don't explain how Metatron knows she's a Nephilim because yeah. Cassiel doesn't recognize that she is one. So he either had to have known ahead of time somehow or mm -hmm. he knew some way to detect her because Cassiel obviously didn't. And Cassiel's looking at him like, you're, you're speaking. You're speaking another language here, buddy. Yep. Metatron knows a lot. Yeah, Metatron is definitely not used to field work. You know, out of the two of them, I expected him to get beat up, but Castiel getting beat up was, was impressive. Yeah, it's. I, I would have to agree with you, though. Um, it, just any other demon. Any other demon. It, it, I would have even took Crowley or, or any, any demon. Any demon that wasn't an immortal knight of hell. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you literally I mean, they could just crack open the newspaper and be like, "This sounds like a case for us." <laughs> Dude, they summon demons all the time. Bury just pick one. Yeah, yeah, I definitely thought. I definitely thought they were going to try to get a crossroad demon, and I was like, "Okay, cool, we're getting another crossroad demon." And then it's like, "Oh no, I guess not." Yeah, yeah you, you get the baddest. <laughs> yeah, you get the baddest. You choose the baddest Mamma Jamma on the block, the one that you couldn't defeat, so you cut her into pieces and buried her everywhere. God. Plus, by the way, Dean, you're you're really at, you, you, it turned out to you actually half-assed it because uh, you know you'd said you were gonna strip, we're gonna bury you in little strips of jerky and concrete, and uh, that did not happen that way. They just had some bits in a box. Yeah. By the way, why wouldn't you just bury her? all her pieces in concrete, like across the world. Like you guys fake, you know, credit cards and IDs all the time. You're telling me you couldn't be like, Hey, I got a hunter buddy in Europe here. Take this, go bury this here's box of cement somewhere. Here's, here's a you, go bury this, please. You, you got to do what, what Buffy was going to do with the judge. Yeah. Ship those boxes away. <laughs> Always God. bring it back to Buffy. <laughs> oh, see, and I went, <laughs> I went straight to Eric Northman, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that works as well. <laughs> Hello, True Blood. Yeah. So, um, apparently, during the first two seasons, uh, a lot of people in the fandom thought Sam was a Nephilim. Oh. Because of his, because of that, that yep. demon blood we were so handy yeah. reminded about. And according to Wikipedia, they're giants. So he's very tall. He is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, in the first couple of seasons, uh, you didn't necessarily know that the, whatever whatever happened was was a demon. It could have been some kind yeah. of freak angel that had done that. Yep. Again, you know, there's a lot of good pay. There's like a, another good part about this episode is the callbacks. Like like you said, like it calls all the way back. You know, like to season one, and. It, and it also makes you remember like certain things, you know, like the mystery about Sam and 
you know, all this other stuff. Like, again, really good about this episode. Yeah, this is this is internal. This is a tangent that just occurred to me and is bugging me. It's a tangent, but it's a tangent within Supernatural, so it's a little bit better than some of my tangents. Okay. Was was Azazel officially a fallen angel in this series, or was he officially a demon in this series? He was officially a demon in this series, so far as I can remember. Um, yeah, it was basically that um, he was a demon, but he was chosen by Lucifer. So that's what made him special in Yellow Eyes. Yeah. So in terms of uh, in terms of this series, Lucifer is the only fallen angel. That, that so far that we know, yeah. In, in in hell anyway. I mean, there there have been fallen angels like Anna, but right. But in terms of the hellscape, yeah. Lucifer is the. Yeah. So far as we know, Lucifer is the only one that was cast into hell. Okay. All right. I had. Although ask. apparently some angels decide to work with demons, so. Yeah. Apparently it's, uh, it's not too hard to do. Ion. Yeah. You know, I mean, it makes the... sense. They're like cousins. Yes. Technically, yeah. 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 I mean, but I guess without the without the true big man running around upstairs and Naomi in charge, they're just doing whatever they want. They don't care. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> no, no archangels, no uh, no god. So what's left is chaos. Clearly. Mm-hmm. That ties into my quote. Coincidentally, it is quote time. I think unless, unless someone has a last low point to hit. Huh? Quote right, time. time well, I can't remember if these two things run together, but I'm just going to read them together as if they're all connected. Okay. Because it's Metatron and Castiel talking to each other. Uh, Metatron says, I've been trying to play catch up, but I have to talk to somebody about what's going on back home. Cass says, and by home you mean heaven? He says, right, I've been looking around, crawling through a few divine nooks and crannies, and from what I can see, without the archangels, it's a mess up there. Open warfare. And Cass says, I thought Naomi was running things now. Booger says, is that what she told you? Naomi's a player, don't get me wrong, just one of many. There are factions upon factions all fighting and betraying each other. It's just a matter of time before they start ripping each other apart. And then Castiel, in the second quote, says, what do you mean? We can shut down heaven? Metatron says, you know, the trials. God's little pulling case of emergency. The Leviathans get out of control. You put them in purgatory. Demons get a little too demonic. Toss them into hell. Angels get uppity. Slam the pearly gates. Yep. So, food for thought there. Pre-finale. Uh, my quote's a little bit less... Uh, less- Interesting heavy. in that way. A little bit less heavy <laughs> in that way. It's uh, when, when Castiel's working on kissing Dean's ass and he's in the uh, convenience store. You don't understand. I need pie. <laughs> that was mine. <laughs> yeah, but, and, but you forgot the best part because then Metatron's like, Castiel, put the virgin down. <laughs> <laughs> Castiel's whole like grocery list was so funny. Like that he's picking up just the most... Bustiers and booties and pie. It's all of Dean's favorites. Yeah, it's thing? like what is corn the and tissue? pie. What is the toilet tissue? I don't. I, where is this? Okay, he's he's getting him jerky mm-hmm. pie yeah. and, and beer. Yeah, yeah. Need toilet tissue. Well, yeah, also, corn. the Bustiers and booties. You need toilet tissue. Oh, okay. There you go. There is some cleanup involved sometimes. Yeah. That or sock. 
On that note, um, <laughs> my my quote is um, it's from Crowley, where he says, "What's the line? Saving people, hunting things, the family business." Well, I think the people you save, they're how you justify your pathetic little lives. The alcoholism, the collateral damage, the pain you've caused, the one thing that allows you to sleep at night, the one thing is knowing that these folks are out there, still out there, happy and healthy because of you. You're great. You great big bloody heroes. They're your life's work. And I'm going to rip it apart piece by piece because I can, because you can't stop me. Because when they're all gone, what will you have left? And it's savage. Like, he's, oh, it's so good. Like, this gives you a true glimpse of just how bad Crowley can be. And it's and he's great. so right. Like, that is the way to get to them. There's two things about yeah, but- that that I think are interesting. One, one is that, 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 uh, that uh, Mark Shepard's come, come across big damn bloody heroes before in the world. In a different different uh, television series, but uh, that was fun fun for me. But then the other thing is that you know Crowley's only got because he's got the the line uh, saving people hunting things. That's 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 a direct quote from the books that he's been using for his research. But he's only yeah. Got, yeah. he's only got two seasons worth of people to save. He can't see, save everybody because uh, it has to be uh, from the books. Yeah, I uh, I I I love that he uses the books. Dude, oh yeah, so I guess if he has books, why doesn't Metatron have them? Because he didn't read Pulp. Yeah. Yeah. He's picking and choosing. He used to get and that. Yeah, he still got Oliver Twist delivered to him that day. So I mean. Yeah. He's behind. <laughs> hey, he said he's he said he's reading as much as an angel can, and he still hasn't caught up. Oh, this is kind of sweet. Um, so when Dean says, "We'll figure this out. We will. Man, we'll get it done. We'll kick it in the ass like we always do. Are you with me?" Uh, kick it in the ass was the catchphrase of Kim Manners. Yes. Who I, I think that. has passed away oh, at this point. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, he, mm-hmm. he's been memorialized on screen at some point. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was. Now, who was this? Kim Manners. Kim Manners. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. Well, he was a producer and director for this show, but he w- was also on um, X Files and a whole bunch of other shows. Um, because there's Kim and then his brother, Kelly. who's a Kelly, yeah, ah. Manners. So y- you see their names in TV all the time. Yeah, Kim but he passed while working on Supernatural. Yeah. Oh, okay. He, he passed while in the years while uh, X Files was not on the air, but they still memorialized him. There's a graveyard scene in not this most recent series of X Files, but the previous one, where where like Mulder's leaning up against a grave that's the Manners grave. Oh, ah, okay. I That's the episode with um, what's his face yes, that is. plays uh, the guy in Voltron. Um, <laughs> it is that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the episode. You know, it, there's with that. I like the way Crowley finished that quote when he says, "And when they're all gone, what will you have left?" And I think that is the key point there. Like, I think he he knows them so well that he hits that nail on the head. And I think that's when they that's why they know he's not joking. Like, because you don't get very much like you don't get true villainy in a lot of shows. You get like mustache twirling and something or other, you know, akin to villainy. But this is true villainy. Like, this is, you know what, you guys do this for a living and that's your family business, well, I'm going to unravel it until there's nothing left 
or you give me what I want. Yeah, I couldn't remember if she died or not. Um, Sarah, I think her name is. And then I was like, oh, shit, she actually does die in this episode. Like, I couldn't remember. And down she goes. Yeah, that's, that's brutal. More the Sam, more that Sam curse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was uh, back back when we first did the series um, during the original iteration of Idjicast, Allie had a document going um, that she had just gotten started, which was the Supernatural Savvy Survivors, which was uh, anybody, <laughs> that, anybody that, that, you know, found out exactly what Sam and Dean were all about and uh, survived. Uh, and she was oh, working Oh, man, it's like Batman. I'm almost wondering whether, and I don't know when we did that first run, whether this episode had already happened or not, or whether she was setting that up or not. I don't know. But Allie, if you're well, Allie, let us know. Let us know if that is indeed what that document was for or not. Well, we know you're listening. Point, yeah, up until this point, there's not many of them. Like, it's, if you get involved with the Winchesters and your name isn't Bobby, uh, <laughs> 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 Bob, Bobby, Bobby has passed. Uh-huh. Bye. How many times? <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, see again, that's why, <clears throat> that's why Bobby still counts, because for some reason he can't stay past. Like, he can't. Uh, so, um, I, I also like the comment about the hair, although I didn't like his hair back then either. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> his hair hasn't looked good since Gilmore Girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. And, you know, I noticed something while watching these episodes and um, the Sam Winchester school of acting seems to be if I'm very emotional or upset, I'm just taking a lot of deep breaths. And you notice him just like convulsing as he breathes. And now that I've said that, I'm going to ruin it for everybody. And that's all you're going to notice. But anytime Sam Winchester is intense, uh, Jared Padalecki is taking big gulps of air. And I'm like, what is he doing? There's yeah, some that. squinting involved with that breathing, too. I mean, hey, I mean look. he's squinting a little harder yeah. on the exhale. Even, oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> he definitely, you know, you'd think he was the one that worked on a, uh, a soap because he's always got that squint and stare thing and the reaction shots, um, which you don't really see as much for Dean. But um, uh, I know that. Go ahead. I was going to say Dean's too busy talking like this. Yes. Very loud. Sam. Sam. Cass. <laughs> Sam. We don't need you. Stay here. Well, getting so the- back around to the episode, do we have any more quotes? Sorry, I just have to throw this on. I'm going to keep the tangent. Throughout the seasons, you will notice their voices get deeper and deeper (laughs) and deeper. And as I go and I watch the newer seasons and then I come back to the other ones to watch with you guys, I'm like, whoa, their voice is so so light and airy. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, yes. So, so well, back current seasons, yeah. it's just like a low growl that you can't even distinguish <laughs> words. They all sound like Bane. Uh, I, I feel like currently Castiel is better than he had been for a while. When he was in, when the, when he was in his Leviathan stage, he was really gravelly yeah. up, and I think he's a lot less gravelly right now. He's not. Yes, he's, I. Agree. He's no Jimmy, but he's definitely not gravelly to the point that he was for a while. <laughs> he's got the jacket. He's got the jacket. You know. That's a cool jacket. Well, actually, it's quite it's warm. warm. <laughs> <laughs> so getting back to the show, 
<laughs> yeah. Are we on ratings now? Uh, we would be on who won, who lost. Ah. Okay. Get that part. I I think Crowley won. Yeah. I agree. I could agree with that. I, I had a nobody, so it still counts as nobody no matter what. But uh, yeah. I, I have another vote for win, but I don't want to say it yet. Uh, but it's also neither Sam nor Dean. All right. Neither, neither, neither. You could could say it. We're at the saying it portion, I think, because I also would agree that it's a neither. Yeah. I think she has somebody that it might be spoilery for her to say. For this this episode? For the next episode. Yes, for this episode, but more in the arc. Oh. Okay. I I might be too careful, but that's okay. Well,. I can't remember, and it doesn't sound like the newbies know what you're talking about either, so Good. that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's rate this thing. Cool. I'll go first. Okay. I really liked it. I thought it was very enjoyable, and it made me so excited to watch the next episode that I soldiered on and did it, even though I wasn't supposed to. So I'm going <laughs> to give this a 9 out of 10 caramel apple crepes. Mm, sounds delicious. Ooh. Do you often rate high for mythology episodes, Yvette? I think I do. Do you? Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I do. She yeah. likes the lore. I enjoy the lore. Mm. I have so I, I ever I usually have so few crepes out in the world that I wouldn't know. I would I don't have a lot of uh, don't have a lot of crepes under my belt in terms of out in the world to, to judge against for caramel apple being good or not. It sounds kind of <laughs> I think it sounds really tasty. It makes me want to go get a crepe soon. Yeah, I wish I knew a crepe joint or a place to get a crepe right now. I've had really awesome crepes that were made by a Frenchman, uh, but beyond that, uh, I haven't actually experienced a whole lot of them out in the world. We have like a fast food creperie. It's like um, like a little like literal hole in the wall. Like you just walk into this like little tiny room and they make the crepe and give it to you, and it's so good and they're so cheap. Yeah, my favorite crepes are from a food truck. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Oh, the, that's the a good cheese. Yeah, there is a crepe food truck that parks by my work. That's a great idea. Pretty much my only proper. Uh, I, I, I determined that it probably wasn't proper, but I mean, you know, the only, the only crepes out in the world that I've had the opportunity for were a crepe place at the Mall of America. And I thought there was a good chance that that wouldn't be very good. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's probably a, a good thinking on your part. Um, crepes are a little more uh, popular up here. There's a chain called Crepe Suzette. Very cute. Yeah. <laughs> but to the point that, like, at the farmer's market, uh, you know how there's always, like, food trucks and stuff. There will always be a – there's a samosa truck, and then there's the crepe truck. <laughs> oh, a samosa truck sounds delicious. Yummy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there, there you go. I've not been to France. I <laughs> 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 weren't, you know, anything to write home about. Well, Christophe. Christoph had that crepe iron, and he made them at our house. He, well, just, he brought so that. That's probably the best Brought that to our uh, to our house. It's you know it's a, it's a, the it's got the the domed top, right. and you dip mm-hmm. it into the batter, and then you take it out of the batter, and you've got the really super duper thin crepe yeah. on that on that iron. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I'll go ahead and rate. <laughs> uh, I you know I thought uh, I thought Minotron wasn't as much fun now that he's got uh, Castiel trying to cut people's hearts out and things like that. But uh, I, in despite that, I was going to give it a lower grade because of that. But then I started thinking about it really, and I was like, well, what would it do for next season? 
And I know that we've got one episode left to, to set up next season, but what would it do for next season if heaven was closed and hell was closed? So you had no angels, no demons influencing everything else. And what would that be? That's, that, that seems kind of interesting. It, I, I don't think it quite goes as far as the world without magic concept that you see elsewhere. But uh, um, So I'm going to give it... Uh, so with, with that tantalizing prospect ahead, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. And I'm giving it 7 out of 10 not as fun Metatrons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right. Because they have a fucker has a dungeon now. Yep. I love that's it. A, that's a range in a dungeon. That's a great scene when they're like, hey, those look like the changes in our dungeon. And Cassio's like, you're what? <laughs> and Dean was over eager to have a dungeon to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't want a dungeon? I mean, come on. Uh, I, I will do this. <laughs> <laughs> So you have one. I also enjoyed um, just laying the foundation of intrigue of what's to come. So, Paul, you said, like, you were sad that Metatron seemed evil. But this is, like, the good part to me where I'm like, oh, Metatron is maybe evil. So um, I I like that. I think, again, I forgot about what was happening during that scene, so I had to stop painting my nails and be like, okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I feel, um, <laughs> let I feel me like, pay attention. I feel like Benetron is more chaotic neutral. Like, I feel like he's been on Earth so long that he's kind of just in the middle. Like, he's he's kind of morally gray. Like, I don't... But when he's when he's speaking, especially since we're just introduced to him and his premise is, like, so interesting, and it's, you know... His without even knowing a lot about him, if you just say like, "Oh, he's a scribe of God who's been hidden for all this time," like that's super juicy. Like, what? Tell me more. Mm-hmm. So then, if he's a little bit not nice, then I want to know even more than that. So I'm gonna give this episode eight and a half out of ten informative brunches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd go with uh, with Benetron as chaotic neutral, Jason. You really, I, you, you see, I, I said he was not as fun, which is you know true. It's not as fun as the first episode that we saw we saw him in, but uh, but yeah, he's, he's he's pretty much you know saying you know for these trials, you gotta dot the i's and cross the t's. And by the way, one of those dots is her heart. So uh, go get it. <laughs> God, he's just he's just so flippant. He is so casual with that tidbit of information, like. Man, like, talk about dropping a bomb on poor Castile. Yeah. It's a trial. It's not easy. Mm. Yeah, but you know what? Like, you know, if you know, I bet Cass was probably thinking, like, you know, like, I got to go, you know, get a dragon bone or an angel feather, or, you know, something like that. Not savagely murder this lady who was flirting with me a second ago. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if it had just been some woman across the street, it would have even been less like brutal than like, oh, that lady you've already talked to and interacted with. Yes, that's yeah. the one. Kill her. The flirting happened first, and then say we have to kill her. That's that's. Yeah, then murder. Sounds good to me. Yeah, again, which just symbolizes just how I again how chaotic neutral Metatron is. He's like, 
Uh, well, and even he had made the comment previously that maybe he should have got a better looking vessel so that he could have flirted with the waitress. <laughs> yeah, better looking vessels wanna... don't hide well. Mm, right. What were mm. you going to say, Yvette? Oh, I was going to ask, uh, what is your rating, Nutty? Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm going to give that an 8.5 well-manicured nails out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) And Jason, what about you? I'm going to give this one nine dastardly kings of hell out of 10. Oh, very nice. That gives this episode an 8.33, putting it up there. It's one of our highest rated this season. Cool. Great. All right. Um, well, I want to thank our guests for joining us. Uh, there's one more one more bit of business that happens after that, but I'm going to go ahead and thank, thank you guys. Uh, Nutty, uh, what would you like to tell us about uh, any, any plugs you'd like to give us? Oh, well, you can find me on the Nutty Bites podcast. And I just finished uh, 31 days of podcasting. So they're all like five, 10 minute episodes uh, where I call them dinner and a movie. Um, I tell you about things I'm watching on Netflix and I pair it with food. And so if you are looking for, hey, I need to find more things to watch, you can go back and listen to that. Or you can listen to the episode that's coming out this week, which is Cartoons Then and Now. Cool. So yes, org. I, I just listened to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and enjoyed it. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> and Jason, uh, thank you so much as well for joining us. We uh, like to get a lot of uh, guests on on occasion. What, 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 what would you like to tell us about? Well, um, I you can find me on the nut, on Nutty Bites a lot. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but mainly this go-round... Um, Check me out on Nostalgia Pilots. It's our intro cast to Gundam Wing, where we it's kind of like you guys do here. We take some people who've never watched the show before, and we're watching it episode by episode. And it's, man, 90s anime was not good. Um, <laughs> it's not holding up. But, uh, yeah, you can find that at NostalgiaPilots.com. But, Jason, don't you have a 30-day challenge coming up? Don't remind me. I'm still making that list. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, like Nutty said, I will be doing in the month of October, I'll be doing 31 days, 31 podcasts where we review a, ho- a horror movie a day um, called My Halloween Horror Fest. And yeah, this will be the sixth year that I've done it. And uh, it's getting harder and harder because to pick the right mo- to pick movies. <laughs> Like, yeah. Would you say that Man Bites Dog counts as a horror movie? Man Bites have you seen, Dog. Have you seen my, Man Bites Dog? I've heard of it. I've got it. It's a it's a it's a mockumentary sort of. It well, it's not mo- it's not com- it's not necessarily comedy. It's a really dark comedy if it's comedy. Oh no, it's it's definitely it's got some dark comedy elements I think, to it. I think it, yeah, I think it would. Yeah, I definitely recommend it if you haven't made up your whole list. Oh, oh no, gosh, no, I haven't made up my whole list. And, uh, Okay, I think we need to wrap up, but uh, we, we, yep. one more thing we need to know is, what is the homework for next week? Well, we actually have two bits of homework, surprisingly enough, and you might be confused and say, what are you talking about, Bianca? There's only one more episode left this season, and you are right, except 
anyone who's still listening, please go to the Facebook group and fill out Paul's Cast show notes survey. It is one of the announcements on our page. And as of right now, it says it's seen by 17 people. I don't know if 17 people actually responded, but... It's um, high at the moment, by the way. I, I know that I'm the only one with the, uh, access to the results, but it is a, a two-way tie on a op- uh, list of five options. Oh, and, see? And it's quick. It's not like one of those yeah. uh, advertising revenue surveys. No. Yeah, it, it is. It is answer one a question, question, that's it. One question, five options. If you want to know what those options are, please head over to the survey. Uh, and then our viewing homework is season eight, episode 23, Sacrifice. I believe the next episode you're going to hear is actually a Nubentary. Our newb- newbies uh, <clears throat> shouldn't watch this one until no, they have a chance to, <laughs> to watch it together. No jumping um, <laughs> Whatever. I'm ready to talk about it now. So <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't sure tactic. if we were still going to do a Nubentary. But I guess we we still can. In theory, that's what's listed on the schedule. But uh, I guess yeah. you'll know when you hear the next episode whether we still did a new material or not. Um, I don't think you have a guest, right? So you can do whatever you want. There's nobody booked, so we can do it however we wish. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, but I guess uh, we've we've hit enough uh, points during this episode that we can probably say happy hunting. Yeah. Oh, and uh, best wishes to, to Annie and her family. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, for sure. Indeed. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye, y'all. Bye. Cue the music. (laughs) (laughs) Cue the special effect flame, you know, flame, screen, sigil. You've been listening to Idgitcast from quadruplez.com. Join the discussion at facebook.com slash We would love to hear from you. You can email us or send in an mp3 voice message. Please use the episode title as your subject line to help protect our newbies from spoilers. Our email address is idgitcastpodcast at gmail.com. The opening theme for Idgitcast is by Borrowed Trouble. You can find the band at borrowedtrouble.com. The lyrics and vocals are by Idgitcast founder Ali Jones you can learn all about by visiting imthewonderband.com The closing music you are listening to even as I speak is Too Good written and performed by Jack Mangan and is used by his generous permission You can find other music, writings and discussions by Jack as well as archives of his own deadpan podcast at jackmangan.com You may wish to know more about the hosts of this show Yvette can be heard as one of the hosts of Investigating Mars, a completed introcast about the TV series Veronica Mars, also available from quadruplez.com. And now, Yvette will tell you all about select movies from the Lifetime Network. Find out before you watch what movies have all the best people, who are the worst, who is killing who, and most of all, what, if anything, makes sense. Yvette presents this trove of information at moviesofalifetime.com. Annie works as global coordinator for Can't Stop the Serenity, a worldwide series of screenings of Joss Whedon's Serenity benefiting Equality Now. For more information on Can't Stop the Serenity, including event listings and how to host your own event, visit can'tstoptheserenity.com. Bianca doesn't currently have projects available for you to find online, but all of us at Idgicast encourage you to have a visit to your local public library. 
Darcy and I, can also be heard on the Ghostlight Podcast, a completed intro cast for the television series Slings and Arrows. Slings and Arrows is on the Encore Plus YouTube channel, and you can hear our thoughts on the series on the Ghostlight Podcast at quadruplez.com. Cast. At the top, you heard Bianca, one of our newbies. Nope, I'm an Still expert, but hello. <laughs> Hi. I've done that a couple of times. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it again because I always do it again. Okay. No, nobody ever hears the edit where I did it wrong the first time, but it happens a lot. <laughs> one way or another. <clears throat>